Welcome, welcome, welcome to the RBA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things FFTCG, brought to you by Ultimate Guard. <laughs> All right. I, I, I like to think you were recording during that whole fucking time. I am recording right now. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how much of this, you know, finds its way, but yeah, we've been recording for about five minutes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, now, welcome back to the next episode of the RVA Returners <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, on the case, detective hats on, badge and gun, on the uniform, John Schreiner. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Man, you're, you're so sneaky with the record, but you know what? I always like to slip out. it in there. You do, you do. If I had a nickel, right? If I had a nickel, <laughs> but so we are touch and go here today on RVA Returners. Uh, but you know, John, we've actually got, you know, a lot to talk about. You know, we're getting back on schedule, trying to get back into, you know, I, I felt terrible about, we, I mean, it was what, almost three weeks without a podcast? It was a drought, Chris, that's for sure. Yeah. There was a, there was an alert. Like there was like a national alert. And like my phone was like, like no oh, RVA cast three week shortage, short, <laughs> content shortage. Wolf Blitzer reports <laughs> on the shortage of RVA returners podcast. Dude, it was awful. It was awful. But you know we're back. Um, and you know this week's cast is going to be you know just kind of talking about you know <laughs> what do now California USA. Um, you know our main topic we're going to kind of talk about like you know now that the competitive season's over, just kind of you know the state of the game. Do we need to look at uh is there like a ban and watch list maybe going into next season? Is there anything that's potentially safe to unban? Um, or should we all just just cool the fuck out and just enjoy Opus Ten because there's very very little competitive um, official competitive events happening for Opus Ten at least on our side of the <laughs> in this country anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> Right, and should we just chill and enjoy it and just wait for Opus 11, which is, you know, T-minus four months? So, but, you know, with that being said, John, you know, it, it's Sunday. I went out to my front porch, waiting for me, right there, with, you know, just from that strong-armed paper boy. It's, and it's a nice little yellow packet. John, John, what do you think? was waiting for me on that front porch. I had my coffee, my bathrobe, my slippers. I, I need something to inform me of what's going on in the world. John, what do you think that is? Chris, I think you're going to need to pick up the news. <laughs> just, just start grunting and making dad noises. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that silly one again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, first up here on the front page of the news, uh, we're looking at uh, events that we have lined up already. When I say we, I'm not talking about just us here domestically. I'm talking about you know over in uh, you know other scenes as well. You know, I'm talking Europe, Japan, um, Australia. Um, there's a couple that were announced. Um, obviously, we'll kind of lead off with most recently was the the next uh, fan fest. Um, it's actually called FFTCG and Friends Fest, um, and this takes place April 18th and 19th of 2020. And John, you know, it, it's uh, it's just it's, casually, it's just in Rome. Yeah, just where is it? Uh, Rome sounds pretty yes. cool. Yeah, Damn. it sounds like a fantastic event. Just before we even unpack anything, um, which is fine because there's not really much to unpack yet. They just announced announced the location. They announced the dates. Uh, they did mention things like boss battle will be there. Um, but, you know, I, I know um, this is relatively new as far as, you know, events go for the trading card game. And they call it FFTCG and Friends. John, do you think that means it's going to share space with maybe something else like mobile, like Brave XVS or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think probably uh, Brave XVS and uh, Dissidia, Bromney, and those things that normally have, like, their own festivals in other places. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they'll be there. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know if they're going to be combining like remake hype 
or you know like any of the other things going on in Final Fantasy right now or anything with 14 or that it's the third anniversary of 15 or any of that mm-hmm. um, I don't know it just kind of gives them an opportunity to jazz it up and have even more stuff there so that's pretty cool and make it really no. like a big event because I can understand how the TCG by itself maybe isn't like a huge sure event for like a fan John, you know how we feel about jazz on this channel that's right we feel that go on for days go on for days um but they did say like i said boss battle will be there but they'll have more news to give us at winter cup wales which is another event that it's been announced for a while um and those dates are actually uh december 14th and 15th of this year now write that down john that's actually pretty important dates um <laughs> Google Calendar is good to go. Um, but what's really cool is for participation, I know everybody gets Cactuar promo. They get these really cool lawn sleeves, which the sleeves are the art from Opus 10. Mm. Um, I want to say top, it's either, it's whatever the top cut is, are going to get the really cool walk mats. Like it's half rain, half lawn, both again, the art from Opus 10. And those mats um, are tight. Dude, they look sick. The sleeves look sick. Obviously, Cactuar promos are really cool. But they also said they're introducing something called the Gill Shop. Now, I think this is really neat, and I think it should be how things like this are done moving forward, especially, you know, if we want these events to be larger and you want more of a day two attendance. You know, especially, you know, the last couple Winter Cups have been over 100 people, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And if you're doing a top eight, top 16, top 32 cut, that's, you know, that's 70 plus people that won't have anything to do. So, Doing this thing called the Gill Wall, it's very similar to, I know you said they did it in Pokemon, but I know in, um, in, in mm-hmm. Magic, you know, like very similar to the Star City Prize Wall is what it sounds like to me, like you play inside events. Based on how you do, you'll get Gill or tickets, however, whatever they want to do. And then you can take those tickets and cash them in at like a prize booth or a prize wall. And I think that's really, really smart because it allows you, you don't, you, like, you know, you we kind of talked about it before the cast started. You don't have to play side events for like a mystery prize at the end. You now get to kind of, determine your own path at the end it's like oh man they got a booster box on the wall and it's 500 gil well how what do i get for winning how do i need to do this let's go ahead and just keep jamming events and signing up for events until i get that 500 gil cool i got a booster box you know yeah and if you're one short of like being the guy who had the most whatever you don't just get nothing (laughs) exactly and i think that's super i think that's just super cool for them to do something like that because it allows people to you know, especially if, and also too, like if you dedicate your day to side events, but say, you know, you fall short in almost every category for like Wolves Den, or you finish like fifth or fourth, or you're even second in a title event or whatever the side events are, you can take that, oh, well, I got 20 gil. Well, that'll get me a keychain. And that's really cool. Like you can, you, it, it gives people a chance to walk away with something because, you know, the people love, people love the merch. And if I can play the card game, at whatever level, even people who, you know, are just playing casually, they just want to do something fun. They have the option to now like win prizes, right? Like day two is no longer a wash. If you're not there to like, just really farm, you know, wolves den or try to win these events. If you just want to play and have fun. Now Mm -hmm. you have the chance to get tickets and do stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. granted, yes, even with like the star city events, like you have to get wins to get tickets, but now like it's not all or nothing anymore, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, it just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Yeah, and I like, hope, and I hope they cool adopt official that events. Right, and I hope they adopt that on this side of the pond as well, because I think that's really, really cool. And I think that, again, it opens up day two to a different audience. Um, and I think that's huge. Again, we're talking about growing the game here, and I think just having having the, this extra space, this, this extra, you know, um, just way of doing things for day two is going to help out a lot. Because I know for a long time, again, you know, not to, again, comparing it to Magic, because it's what I know, there's a lot of times you'll have a big tournament. I don't go there for the main event. I go there to jam side events and get prizes from the prize wall sometimes. So it's like, I I, I would like to see that be a thing at Final Fantasy events. Like, oh, hey, show up to this event. You don't necessarily have to play in the main event. We can jam side events all day or all weekend and get prizes. You know? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I just think that it's cool because they also have the opportunity to provide us with prizing that like I can't just get. Mm-hmm. somewhere else like that's really difficult for me to obtain like this really cool unique exclusive stuff mm-hmm. it's yeah, like no, man that's awesome to get a chance to win some of that and like invest all like you said invest all of your energy into like you know choosing a path and like getting there instead of just kind of meandering oh, exactly but uh you know so i think that's gonna be really cool i can't wait to watch that um now granted 
you know, I said, you know, keep in mind December 14th and 15th, because that's, you know, we got a couple big events happening on this side of the country, John, not just this side of the pond, but this side of the country. Um, on December 14th, we actually, uh, Gamers Heaven, which, you know, is a store we talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, Nick Love Schnell, those boys. Colin Rupert, mm-hmm. uh, Gabe, Tracy, uh, these were, you know, like pretty, you know, well-known names. They Chris. play up at this store. Chris Miller. Yeah. The Chris Miller. The. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, Chris, don't call me Chris Miller Miller. Indeed. I believe he had a birthday recently, but I don't know. Like, I, I just do what Facebook tells me. Um, but yeah, we got what's called the Triple Crown event. This is another event put together by uh, Mike Pegna. Uh, he's done events like this before. He'll be broke a, up there a little bit. We don't want to. We don't want to not oh, give fine. Mike his full credit. You just say yes, that indeed, wonderful, uh, glorious name again for me. That's right. Uh, this is an event put together by Mike Pegnata, um, who's done. He's put together events before up at uh, Gamers Heaven. He did the uh, the title uh, event that we did. That you know, of course, uh, was run won by Colin Coughlin. Um, now this one's unique because it's a uh, what's called the Triple Crown event. Um, so John. What does triple crown mean, you ask? Well, I'm glad I'm glad you did. What does triple crown mean, I ask? <laughs> he, he exclaimed. Um, it's pretty much a three-deck format, right? So you're going to be playing it's six rounds of Swiss, and you're playing with a standard constructed deck, a title deck, and a pauper deck, which, of course, pauper is just commons and rares. No starter, no nothing else. Um, and the way it's going to work is round one is going to be constructed. Play your constructed match. That's the end of the round. Round two is going to be pauper. You play your pauper match. Round three is going to be title. Then it's going to circle back around. Round four is going to be constructed. Round five is going to be pauper. Round six is going to be title. That way, everyone has to play each deck twice, which I think is really cool. Then it's going to go mm-hmm. to, I guess, top eight, top 16, depending on attendance. Um, and then in each top eight match, you're playing two out of three. So if you're the higher seed, you'll say, well, I want to start with constructed. So you play your constructed match, then whoever loses gets to say, all right, well, next we'll play Popper. And mm-hmm. then that person, you know, so it's a, it's going to be an event that's going to showcase all three, you know, different formats. And Popper is one that kind of comes and goes. Like, I know we've experimented down here with it, you know, in, in RVA. And it, it's actually a really, really fun format. There's a lot of really neat things you can do, especially now that I think in these last few sets, like, the power of cards has kind of trickled down past L's and H's. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think the decks you can make now are a little bit better than maybe they were four or five sets ago, mm-hmm. um, which I want to say it was Opus 6 when we were playing uh, Pauper. But, you know, just cards like Porum, Pinello, um, like, you know, newer Franz, Balthiers, um, like pretty much Sky Pirates in general, um, mm-hmm. Chocobo cards, uh, you know, cadet cards. Like, I think there's just a lot of really neat things you can do. Um, cards like Barbara, you know, a ton of standard unit stuff, tons of new standard mm-hmm. units. Uh, um, did I mention Porum already? Because I think yeah. that's a standout card. Uh, a lot of the new six cards, like New Celis, Mara, Setzer. So, uh, all of the new like Final Fantasy eight cards, like Renoa, Quistis. Um, there's a lot of really neat things you can do in Popper, so it's going to be really cool to showcase that. And of course, title title just keeps getting better, um, especially when each set's kind of uh, showcasing different you know categories. So I think that's it, the healthiest it's ever been. Though some would argue that Cadets is just a little too powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Constructed I think is great right now. So I think it's going to be a really fun event. Um, and again, I know Mike. Uh, really does put on a great event uh he does very very well with these things so if you're in that area you know or just making the drive i know a bunch of us from rva are making the drive up it's gonna be a really really good time we're bringing a car full we're going dude we can't wait exactly i know it's gonna be at least me curtis ron and colin are going i'm not sure who else in the area but i know it's at least us four Mm -hmm. so yeah we're really excited about that but you know john the, the weekend doesn't stop there it's a one day event but then there's another event the next day in North Carolina at Game Theory, which of course is, you know, Ryan Galloway, Hunter Nance, that's where these guys mm-hmm. play at. Um, and it's uh, cleverly named Team Attack. And this is uh, Ryan Galloway has actually put this together. It's a 3v3 unified team constructed event. Um, so it's the way it works is um, the three decks are unified. So if I have two Diabolos in my deck, you can only have one in yours and the other person can have none, or you can spread it out one each or, you know, whatever. So it makes deck construction a little unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it's very similar to how I guess the first Worlds was, where if you had two Diabolos in one, you could have it in another. You know, just three card, three of each card amongst the three decks. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's pretty much you know A, B, and C. Each person on that team is going to play a two out of three against their opponent. 
and whichever team wins, whichever win- team wins two of those three matches, wins the match. Um, and top cut will be based on how many teams we have. I know we're at least fielding uh, one, two, three teams here from Virginia. Um, so that's three right there, and I'm sure there's going to be two or three from, uh, you know, from you know, North Carolina. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think this game lends itself very well to team events. Yeah, I agree. So now we have some be more coming down for that one, No way, Jose. Zero <laughs> percent chance. Hour, that's an eight-hour drive. Are that's you kidding me? That's more than that. That's a lot more than that. Is it really? Oh, yikes. Yeah, no way. We're not doing that. We're going to go to North Carolina on a on a day trip. <laughs> just a casual day <laughs> on trip. Sunday, on Sunday, like, yeah, just no big deal. You know, no, there's no way, man. I'm sorry. That's okay. You, know, <laughs> you will be missed. But, but you know, maybe that's something you could, you know, you could, you know, get up at uh, Gamer's Heaven, like, talk, you know, talk to those guys about it. Yeah, maybe we'll you know, host something like that. It'd be interesting. Because I think team events are a lot of fun. Again, it's something that I know a lot of people clamor to. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, playing in that one it's gonna be uh me him and uh old stevie argentina himself that's the team we're fielding so <laughs> so you know we, we got him coming out of retirement for a uh for a team event that'll be so, awesome yeah now i don't know i know uh no i, I should probably check with steven he did just get a puppy yeah i was gonna say know. i was gonna say you guys are bringing broly with you or <laughs> i mean look he, he's he's more than welcome in anything i, I love puppers and they are more than welcome anywhere where i'm at well he doesn't live alone you know he's got roommates and stuff at his new place so i'm sure that that's uh, true maybe somebody that's could watch true. could watch Bowling. exactly so we'll see but it's there, there's gonna be a fun weekend of cars i know there's you know a lot of prizes just a lot of fun stuff happening right yeah so john that weekend should be a lot of fun um there's just a lot happening a lot happening yeah, but you know time. what yeah it, absolutely and it doesn't stop there uh january 11th uh we have the reunion 2 electric boogaloo <laughs> um, down in, down in Florida, uh, you know, Cards of Evil East, uh, last year's reunion was kind of the kickoff event for the competitive season. That was such a good uh, event. I'm so happy that I went to that event yeah, last year. Absolutely. I know uh, last year, you know, me and Matt Rice did the Iron Man commentary event. This, oh, this year I'm playing, sir. I'm good. Playing. I'll get to interact with you more, dude. It was like uh, you, you were just off limits, man. I know. You were busy uh, all day. I know. It was, it, was, it was a long day. I was exhausted. But now... Uh, you know, I'm coming down to play. I'm actually bringing my wife with me. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be an absolute great time because I'm also gonna sneak about sneak out for a day and visit my old man. Oh, dude, that's awesome. In that area. Yeah. So you know, it's gonna be a really good event. I'm really excited about that. Um, so again, like this may be kind of the you know the quote unquote off season for us at least, but there's still plenty for us to do. You know, to get ready for. You know, when, you know, we forgot to mention this last week. Uh, Worlds uh, 2020 will actually be in Singapore. Yeah. So, you know, and that'll be what op- Opus 14 by the time you know we roll around. I don't know, Chris. It'll be something. It'll be uh, no, it won't be Opus 14. Let's see. 11 will be in March, so it'll be 12, 13. Opus 13 yeah. for Worlds. Oh, indeed. So, so we'll see how <laughs> that goes. So we got a little ways to go. Yeah, but. You know, that doesn't mean there, there still isn't plenty to do and plenty of fun to be had. So, John, Chris, you know, now that we've gone over the news, you know, let, let's let's you know, let's get our coffee. Let's have our, you know, our good morning America chat. You know, I got my coffee. I got my suit on. You know, let's you know, we just had a we just had an author or, you know, some sort of pop star stop by. And just tell us about their latest book, album, movie, whatever. No, oh, we had the Lads Unleashed uh, pop group. Oh, that's right. Lads, yeah. Unleashed. Lads Unleashed. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> with their hit with their hit single don't break my heart parentheses i love you forever girl in parentheses <laughs> by lads don't break my heart i love you forever girl that's right that's uh yeah. lads unleashed though the album out now uh pick it up on itunes no um you know so john opus 10 you know we, we've talked about this before and we touched on it a little bit last week that opus 10 is kind of the the shadow meta there's you know, outside of the couple events over in the UK or in Japan, obviously, I know there's, a, you know, they've had some Masters events going on over there. There's not really much competitively happening for Opus 10. Um, so it's just definitely that that kind of fun meta. Um, now, where I'm going with that is after Worlds, um, it's kind of been shown, again, we, we touched on this pretty, uh, pretty intensely last week, that Windwater is kind of the best deck in the game right now, by a mile. Yeah, it's uh, and, you know, it's just efficient as hell. Mm-hmm. And it got new pieces. 
that just make that core run better. And those new pieces I'm talking about are the new uh, Legendary Ash from Opus 10, the new Heroic Titus, Citra, uh, Pinello, Citra. Just some cards that just really let those cards punch so much more out of their weight class than they already do. I mean, they're already, uh, it's like, it's like Ray Mysterio fighting Brock Lesnar for the world <laughs> title already. Right. But now they're just, they can just do whatever they want. Not that they couldn't already. Um, so I know the biggest thing that people were talking about, and again, we talked about this last week was they're calling for Valifor to be, you know, like to be gone before the next competitive season. So I guess, John, what I want to talk about here is, you know, let's talk about just the state of the game right now that we're in the off season overall, where do you think the game is at? And I'm talking not just from a, from a cards to table standpoint, I'm talking from just a community standpoint, from a growth standpoint. What do you think? State of the union, Chris. All right. So, um, I think that as far as the health of the game, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think that it's on the rise. I am seeing um, not a lot of players drop out of playing, but more and more people start playing. Mm-hmm. I've noticed on groups like Reddit and the Facebook page, a lot of new uh, rulings questions being asked. Like, like a lot of questions that we've answered a bunch of times before, right? Which annoys mm-hmm. some people, but no, that's great. Because that means that this is a new person who started playing since like the last time we answered that question for everybody. Mm-hmm. And they're getting to a level where they're asking the right questions, right? So like that's mm-hmm. awesome. And we've seen a lot of new activity in a lot of the Facebook groups and things like that. Um, now, I mean, I, I have people locally being a little bit of naysayers saying that it seems like things are drying down. But honestly, Chris, it's because there are so many more scenes now in our area there are mm-hmm. so many more uh, stores running Final Fantasy events in general that we have now healthy scenes at like five or six stores where we used to be the only store. People had to drive over an hour to come play. Um, now all those people are driving like less than 10 minutes to go to their own local store and play, and they all have scenes. So that's awesome, especially because we've gotten like, if I want to, I can drive five, six days a week and play Final Fantasy with different groups of people every day. And um, that was not possible a year ago. So um, I think that that's great. This is a lot about the health and growth of the game. A lot more stores are willing to carry it and they have more product. Product's easier to get. We've been getting promos and things more regularly. I know that that's still an issue for a lot of other people, but, um, you know, things have been pretty good. Um, The events I've been to lately for you know, run by Square Enix, although I don't really like, and I think most players agree that this ticket system is a bunch of baloney and kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully they reveal their plans very soon for it to be cool mm-hmm. and be a leaderboard or something like that, right? Like, that would be neat because right now, it is a big headache for no win. <laughs> Zero win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... I think that all those events have been run very smoothly. Like Arizona, Mm -hmm. Nationals, Worlds, all these events were run very, Mm -hmm. very well. Um, So things are just looking up, man. I mean, I like, I kind of wish that we were a little bit further at this point. Um, Thinking back about this time last year after Nationals, where I thought the game might be. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like the offseason this year is going to be even weaker, which is weird. Um, I mean, we have reunion just the same as last time. We don't know anything about if we're doing a fan fest, which maybe we are. I'm sure we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, I, last I, year was the, or this this year, I guess technically it was in February. Yeah, it was announced very last second, which is kind of what I expect if it gets announced again. So I don't really know that it's a, if it's realistic um, for a lot of people to go. Like last year, it was kind of mm-hmm. like crazy. I think it also sold out like immediately last year, like while people yeah, were at work. Was, was I think you were only, yeah. it was only like fifty or sixty people that could go. Like it was a. Very, I don't know if it was that limited, but still, yeah, it, it was super limited, or mm-hmm. maybe it was a hundred. Like it was I want to say it was more. Yeah, but um, still, it was hard. It sold out like during the day while I was at work. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. It. I think in general, the game is definitely in a better spot. I'd like mm-hmm. to see us in, in an even better spot. I'd like to see like some kind of exponential type growth um, mm-hmm. this time next year. And Chris, I really hope, of course, that uh, you know, no plans to be anywhere other than sitting here talking to you about it again. But um, absolutely, we'll see. You know what happens. But my opinion is that things are going good right now. I don't think that there's, uh, as far as like competitively, there's. Mm-hmm. Windwater is doing really well, but I also think that Windwater is just really efficient, really safe, really good deck, and why wouldn't everybody take it to Worlds two weeks after a set comes out? Sure. And, There's somebody and who got second killing Windwater decks all day 
who did not play Windwater. So, like, I don't think that even when we say that this deck is powerful or maybe we say things like it's the best deck, uh, that's not even close to what that means in other games. Mm -hmm. Like, you can very much still win an event or win your locals without playing Mm -hmm. Windwater. And you can definitely beat Windwater. It's just Mm -hmm. that Windwater has to try less hard to win (laughs) to beat you that that makes perfect sense no absolutely but it's like Um, still it's not unhealthy i want to say is is like when we say things like because we did earlier on this class say you know oh with the best deck hands down and i don't want people to think that that means like play it or lose because it's not even close to that actually it's just that when you have a room full of like players who all have essentially equal play skill it's like they just want to play the most consistent deck they can and a lot of them did, and that's you know, and that's what kind of caused you know people to start saying things that we'll kind of go over here in a little bit. But John, I do agree with you. I think the game is in a really good spot right now. I think Opus Ten was the shot in the arm that I think the game needed after a pretty uh, turbulent Opus Nine. Um, and by that I mean it started out with, again with Wind Water being the bad guy, but this time it was it was just a little too good because it did, the the deck didn't have to win. It just well, that was yeah. to not lose, right? Milling feels even worse, too. Like, if you're going to yeah. lose, that's the worst feeling way to lose. Right, because it's just this inevitability that there's no matter, you're, you're, you're putting yourself on a clock by having to draw two cards a turn. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that, that was really unfun. And, like, and Gen Con was very much tarnished by that. Um, so I think this was, that was the time when Turbo was around. I don't think Turbo made up like 50%, 60% of fields like wind water did at gen con this past year and at worlds man or yeah. not the whole field but you know 60 percent or 70 percent of players right played is crazy yeah, yeah and, that, and that's a big deal but i think overall the game is healthy because again the set had only been out for two weeks so you're, you are going to gravitate to what's consistent what's safe or just that new clearly this is really really good pushed archetype which of course i'm talking about walk there which is why those were the two most represented decks at worlds um and i think that like our lists have evolved even since that it's like been two weeks and those decks are already better or and or worse like like it's uh it was really fresh it's really new and i can't i can't be understated or i can't be overstated rather english um (laughs) that really like like people are going to look at those results for pretty much the rest of Mm-hmm. Um, this whole set, and that is a two deck tournament. Yep. Two weeks after the set came out, like there's so much about that that mm-hmm. should stop you from extrapolating data the way that people are. But you know, I think that people just like to have somebody tell them what's good. Mm-hmm. So well, and also too, right? Like, um, not that I'm saying when water is bad by any means. I, I play it. I'm playing it right now. Oh, I know, but I, I've always got it sleeved up. Yeah, but uh, it's one of my favorite color combinations. You know, it's always been. But well, and also too, right? Regardless, you know, take Opus Ten off the table. It was still a ridiculously efficient deck in Opus Nine. It was still ridiculously efficient in Opus Eight, mm-hmm. Opus Seven, Opus Six, Opus Five. Like it just—it's always been what it is. Yeah, and it just keeps getting better, um, without sacrificing, you know, really anything. I mean, the deck—the deck is not easy to pilot because it's a lot of—it's a very reactive kind of mid-rangey kind of deck. And it's not for everybody. Like, I play it, and I know how to play it, but I, I, I've never done well with it in tournament. I always do well with it at, like, the kitchen table, right? Yeah. But um, but overall, I think the game is healthy. And you hit the nail right on the head talking about Duncan there, how he didn't play Wind Water at all. Yeah, he played Walk, but he played this really neat Earth, Wind, Doga, Summony, just Shantoto, just slap that in front of everyone. It's like... What do you do when your when your opponent's board is Arden Shantoto and you're just holding up like five cards in the grip and it's just like, well, if you do something, I'm going to kill it and break a backup at the same time. Well, you have to have the kind of board waves and the kind of answers that Windwater doesn't have. Yep. And that's the Absolutely. thing is like he knew this mm-hmm. deck is hard for Windwater to beat. You know, he's mm-hmm. not an idiot. He went in that tournament ready to beat Windwater decks all day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I think there's a lot to unpack here. Um, and that's kind of the, I think, really the the message at the end of the day, because you know, and we'll we'll wrap it up with that. I mean, we're not wrapping up now, but that's how we're going. And that's it for this episode so, of the RV Returners. So, so keep that in mind. But John, you know, we keep talking about wind water, wind water. We talked about it last week, um, and the week before, and the week before. You know, people are calling for Valafor to take a hike. Do you think, as far as we go into the Opus, uh, the next competitive season, which we'll somehow have in some areas of the world, we'll have Opus Ten. 
mostly for us here, it'll be late Opus 10, Opus 11. And again, when you're when you're talking about starting a season with cards that you don't know, we know what three cards in Opus 11 are. Maybe four if Ridia is part of Opus 11. No, we know a lot more than that because of the um, the seven oh, yeah, spoiler yeah, yeah. stuff. But yeah, right. I mean, I know what you're saying. It's it's <clears throat> a we very know, small, narrow slice. Exactly. Yeah. So, do you think it's? Do you think there's there's cards that are on a watch list? Do you think we should look into getting rid of some cards going into the next season? Um, what do you think, John? If we're if we're looking at cards that might potentially be unhealthy, especially when we don't know what's coming down the pipe, there could be some cards in Opus Eleven, Opus Eleven that just you know Valifor is already a broken off card. What if there's something in the next set that just makes it even worse? Um, right. I, I mean, I think that the card for the same reasons that we got rid of Dataluma mm-hmm. is safe to put on a list. I don't think mm-hmm. Dataluma was unbeatable. In fact, I had a pretty good record against Dataluma decks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I get it. It dominated tournament results for a long time. And mm-hmm. that's what they said in the band for Dataluma is they said that they just wanted the landscape of the competitive game to change. Mm-hmm. And I think if we banned Valfour because we wanted the competitive landscape to change, this is cool double win, right? Because everybody who thinks it's broken or blah, 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 or has whatever the, all these opinions mm-hmm. is just happy it's banned and they don't care why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all the people who are like, come on, guys, you know, like we don't need to just ban cards willy-nilly. When they say mm-hmm. that we don't think this is broken, we just think it's mm-hmm. not very fun right now. Yeah, That's like, great. Yeah, okay. I think we can all agree, right? But I think that when you start arguing whether a card is broken or not, it, it, it's this weird argument, and sometimes it ends up being about like semantics. When it's like, what we all want, the real question we should just be asking is, do we all think that this is fun right now? And mm-hmm. if everybody does not think that it's fun right now, like you said, every world's player agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, why not? You know, for for everybody's sake, let's because as long as there's prizes attached to how well I do, mm-hmm. I don't care how fun this thing is. Now, right. now, do you think? Well, and also too, right? Like you know, everyone wants to you know put, point the you know finger at Valifor, which we've known for a long time that it's a very, very powerful card. Mm-hmm. Um, do, is it that, or do you? And the reason you have to look at that as opposed to like the enabler, which is Yuna, you can't just ban a Yuna because if you get rid of the two CP, people will play the five CP. If you get rid of the five CP, they'll play the two CP light one. If you get rid of that, they'll play the six CP gold one. You know. There's, I don't like that because all of those are like cool cards, and Yuna mm-hmm. as a character deserves to be like this yes. cool, powerful card. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with the two CP Yuna backup either. I think no, that not at they all because it's such a great card for Mono Water. Yeah, I don't think it's that, and, and Mono Water isn't running around, you know, breaking people's backs right now. It had its time, so I mm-hmm. think that that's you know seems fair. Seems like how things mm-hmm. normally should go. The ebb and flow to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it has to be Valfor, right? Because what keeps making these decks better, it's not mm-hmm. things that get Yuna faster. It's things that get you Valfor more times. Yep. Or things that synergize with Valfor, like Fina. Mm-hmm. Huge power spike because Fina Valfor. And Fina yep. just in general. You can wipe Forum, huge now. power spike. Citra, yep, Citra. huge <laughs> power spike. Like, Vanilla. Yeah, like Valfor is minus three. That seems mm-hmm. like we knew that was good when we made it. We were pushing the package. Now the package is like, it's just an engine, and the engine is doing something that's, while it might not have been unintended with the printing of that card, I think that if we boil, if we just erase all the names and we say, hey, does this game want to be in a place where I can cast a two cost summon for minus five CP? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Or minus three total. But, like, no, no. Like, because the game itself is becoming more efficient. Like, just the the way just the way cards are put together now. There's a lot of putting three things into play. Two two CP now gets you a lot more than it ever has. Four CP now gets you a lot more than it ever has, or it should, or the card just isn't any good. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, like, I I I was in like a weirdish position yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, I have like some, I have a couple removal pieces in my hand. I have like two Diabolos and, and like this other thing. I was like, but I just don't have like. I just don't have enough CP to kill their guys. They attacked. They flipped a Valfour. I was like, oh, uh, I win. I, I just activate yeah, all my backups. And then I'm like, wow, these guys took 3k. I'm like, Diabolos, uh, break that 5-drop. Activate my backups. Diabolos, shrink that guy to 1k. Break that 5-drop. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Like, oh, thank like, you, Valfor, for giving me a ridiculous amount of CP and marking all their guys. Like, yep. come on, man. That's not, uh, yeah. It, it's well, it, maybe time. It had its, you know, it's had three years. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time well, to just. And, and let's and let's follow that up now. Do we think Wind Water just dies immediately because no Battle way four is gone? Nah. And that's and, see, and that's what I'm saying, right? I just think I, I just think it kind of shifts focus. Very similar to what happened when they banned Riku. People immediately were just like, "Oh, there's another two CP Riku. Yeah, we're fine. We just lose that one avenue." I think Wind Water and, just becomes a little bit more of just that value trade. It always was where you're just yeah. getting a little more efficiency out of all your plays, and you have to play that like value game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So I, I think maybe you switch to a just maybe different. Obviously, you know, with Valifor being gone, do you switch to a different summon that can mark things? Do you switch to? Well, you could put more water summons in and go less wind summons now, and go back to yeah. doing some of the unit stuff, or you know, do the Fanfrit stuff, or you can go back to. Yeah, you um, you can maybe just water. cut some of the. Yeah, you can maybe cut some of the summons if you wanted to. You know, and, and I, you know, I like the Unified Chaos Walker stuff. Um, I would feel like I wouldn't be forced into playing Valfor anymore. I feel like I have to. Like, oh, right can't, now I can't not to. play Valfor. Like, what? Come on. I'd rather not play all this mm-hmm. stuff, but I have to. <laughs> and also, too, right? Fina maybe loses a little bit of value by losing Valfor, but you're still marking a board for 5K, which. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't always have to sit with a Fina in my hand like it's Cagnazzo now. I can actually just, like, sometimes play it to activate my guys. Because yep. right now I'm like, oh, this Fina is with Fina Valfour. Like, it can't be yep. anything else. Mm-hmm. It's just card two of a two-card combo. Now you can have that turn where you swing out. You can maybe take the more aggressive route and not feel bad about it by swinging out, playing Fina, readying all your guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that it also let you, like I said, like I feel like I have to play this card. It would just open mm-hmm. up the creativity of that entire element. Yeah. I agree with that. Now, Valifor is not the only card that I think is on a watch list that people have complained about. I know people love to complain about Sephiroth, the 7CP one. Mm. Especially now they added that, you know, the 3CP Sephiroth, the new one from Opus 10, that's just, A, it's a good card on its own, but B, it just adds more fuel to Shadow Flare. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, you don't see that card as much, right? Because I, I think it is an easy card to answer. Um, and sometimes the, the discard for two doesn't hurt nearly as much but sometimes it's just backbreaking so So, chris i think it's all about the player and how they're playing it right i I agree like i agree if you're gonna suffer off me off one backup like cool it's like it's like you just jumped off a cliff and tackled me off the cliff with you and we're both just falling off the cliff and i'm like all right like i agree i I can come out on top of this situation honestly if i just wait beat you in this cliff fall like you know and a lot of times i do like god Mm -hmm. if i have any kind of efficient answer for that stuff like like you do anything like a fan for I don't know, just anything. Literally, like we watched the guy on the locals. Uh, it was like one backup, then it was Sephiroth, and then the guy's like, "Okay, uh, my turn, Veritas." Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, you feel great. You know, come on, man. Uh, I think like even off of the three backups, you have mm-hmm. to. It has to be the right time, not just I have Sephiroth in my hand. You know, and if they also have an answer in their hand that they play in response, like mm-hmm. that's tough too. So I don't think Sephiroth is as oppressive every time because he has mm-hmm. he's an investment. He's a big investment. And once you make that investment, you have the potential for a very, very, very efficient way mm-hmm. to just keep stripping their hand. But he's an investment that gets killed by some of the most popular pieces of removal. So mm-hmm. well, he gets Alright, he gets what, Chris? Tell me killed by a lot of removal not just popular pieces almost every piece you know you know you got new ifrits now that are hitting them for 8k you've got you've got a lot of things that are you know just doing 8k damage to something and mm-hmm. that's that's good enough that's like he's not he's not this untouchable force and i think i do think if you're playing again here's the thing like we see him a lot in our locals curtis ron they those guys love sephiroth mm-hmm. so it's not uncommon to play in a tournament where it's like, oh, I know I'm going to get Shadow Flared. It's Tuesday. It's time to get Shadow Flared like 15 times, mm-hmm. right? So I think, you know, like you said, knowing how to play around that, it's it's a lot easier to play around a Sephiroth than it is to play around uh, like a Sephiroth, a Diabolos, a uh, Yastola, these, these higher power cards that people think should be gone than it is something like Valifor, that even if it just flips off of a burst, like in your example, you're just like, oh, I just lose here. Mm-hmm. I lose for playing the game. So I don't know. I I, I think... Outside of Valifor, I don't think anything else really needs to be looked at. Um, 
I think the game, again, I, it goes back to the game actually being in a really good spot. And like we've said, we want to make sure we we beat this part home. Windwater is not unbeatable. It's just if you're playing at the highest level and you're in a high-level tournament, Windwater might be where you want to be. Or if, you, if that's not what you want to play, you better be fucking ready to play against it. I'll tell you what, it requires a lot less work. Mm-hmm to figure out than most other decks right now because the list it's there like just mm -hmm. go you know minus plus five cards like it, it's uh you yep. know how to build it and if you watch enough games you can know how to play it and yep. i i just think that um there's a lot more effort required in being good with other decks and yep. uh, that's not saying like i really people are just going to take things like I'd be saying just warp them and run with them. It's like I'm not saying that it requires no effort to play when water. I'm just saying it's a shoulders of giants thing, right? So. Like, yep. like I can watch games of the best players in the world play when water all day long, and like figure out lines and like get advice on it. And like, there's just so many resources out there for me to play when water better. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah. those resources don't exist for a lot of Opus Ten decks that either have just recently been made or haven't been made yet. Yep. Yeah, it really is if you're playing Wind Water, Waff, or Three Color Rampair, you've got plenty of footage to look at and see how things work, the lines, the sequencing, things like that. So it's a bit, when we say it's easier to play those, you have more resources to learn the deck than mm -hmm. you would water, lightning, whatever. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And I want to drive this point home, Chris, because mm -hmm. we did this one point. Who's uh, going to drive you home? <laughs> we did this at one point, and I said something. We were talking about something like this, about a stale meta. Um, mm -hmm. And I said, it just requires work, right? And people don't want to put... like It's hard to put work in. It's called work. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and it, it's frustrating when you put work in, and it doesn't pan out well. But mm -hmm. I sat here on the cast, and I said, it could be <clears> you. You know, you could build the next crazy cool deck. Stop what you're doing. Open FF decks and build, right? And Gino, and Gino was like, that's what I'm going to do. And he built a deck that was brand new that I've never even seen like anybody else except people who straight up used, like took his idea and championed it at Nationals mm -hmm. uh, play this deck or even like these colors that well together recently and like and when i say recently i mean like in the last like six opuses and um and he just crushed locals against top level players with it and people took it to worlds and did well like day two with this mm -hmm. guy's deck and it's because he put in the work and tried something different instead of just doing what he knew was good already and and yeah. i'll tell you what gino puts a lot of work into stuff that does not pan out but that's what you got to do. You got to put the mm -hmm. work in. And he puts that work in. He messages me every day about deck ideas. And, and, and that's why you should play in the Octagon Weekly RV. That's right. Ha ha. The, the, the token plug. plug. The token plug. Um, but really, you know, like, if you're upset mm -hmm. with the state of locals, change it. Do something about it. Exactly. So now, enough harping on that. Like, I think the world knows Valifor is probably... And I, I, I think Smart Money says that card's probably going to be gone before the beginning of Opus 11. Like, I think so. Smart Money says it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. I, that's a card that either way, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I, I get it either way. I um, think the, the wrench in the system there mm -hmm. is that it's a starter card. I understand yes. that it feels bad to Absolutely. ban a card from a starter deck. At the yep, same time... It, 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 makes, it makes that product yeah. almost... It makes that product less than everything else. So that's <laughs> that's the problem. At the same time, Unless, is that uh, is that product uh, being sold at your store? Because it's never in stock at mine. Like, oh like, yeah, we we have it at our store. <laughs> oh, there you go. I was gonna say we uh, uh, we sell out of it all the time. Like like um, and I don't really know how many of them are left around. Like how many people still need this thing? You know, like how many players start the game and you're like, yeah, sure, it's a starter deck, but I have to tell you to go get a starter deck from 2017, like. Yeah, that doesn't make so now, a lot of now, sense. Now, here's my next question. Could Valifor, and this is all speculation, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's something they would do. Do you think Valifor is now maybe a card we see, like maybe if the first, uh, I don't know, no, it's not no, the first Arata, no, no. but do you think we see an Arata mm -hmm. on this and card? I think that's really bad. Something from it. I think that's really bad. I, I don't think they should do that. I think that that's like, really, like really dangerous. It, they erot it, but they reprinted an Opus 11 mm. with the eroded text. No, 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 no. I don't like that at all. Just ban the card, make a new card that does something similar. Don't, okay. like, I really, really hate, uh, mm -hmm. if you want to change, like, one word because 
when you translated it or something wasn't working as intended or you needed mm-hmm. clarification, that's different. But like taking a card and changing its effect like mm-hmm. that, um, no, I don't like that at all in a card game like this. It's really, it feels so bad because in a game like Hearthstone or something where it's digital, like mm-hmm. they immediately they immediately change all those cards. So, like when you have a stack of cards at home, like those cards do the thing they say they do. Right, mm-hmm. and it's like if I have an Alba, like oh, it doesn't say that thing, but like I mean, I was already asking the question when Alba came out, like oh, do I really have to choose exactly mm-hmm. the number? Like, like you understand that this card could be this other way. It's like very close, but like if you have this card, it just doesn't do what it says it does on it. Like that mm-hmm. feels so bad. It doesn't. I, I strongly disagree with that from a design mm-hmm. standpoint. No, and I I do too. Um, and I think and I do think the fact that it's a starter card is what could potentially make it go down that road but i don't like mm-hmm. it either i think you know um, what man those starter decks have been out for three years and it's not like anybody's buying the what you have one good card oh sorry there's there's a couple but it's like it's backups in the final fantasy 7 starter deck the bigs mm-hmm. wigs jesse honestly are the only three that ever see any kind of play and mm-hmm. then um well even what's the other one 13 oh the 13 deck has a couple it has the mog backup but it's mostly no. just these backups, right? It's like the starters don't. Sarah starter sometimes he's the Scions is kind of the exception to the. But rule that's there. that's from Opus Five. Like those <laughs> cards l- later down the line, they see more play. I'm saying these Opus oh, yeah, One I forgot. decks. There was like... a there was a Final Fantasy Seven uh, starter deck, the the fire one, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. shit, I forgot all about that one. Yeah, it's Jesse, yeah, no, Jesse Biggs and Wedge. I'm like, you know, those decks just have some backups that are played, mm-hmm. and for the most part, the rest of the deck is just dead. So it's like, yeah. you know what, Valfor, and will be a dead card pain will still do what pain does mm-hmm. and brother will still do what brother does and there's still well, good final fantasy 10 it's cards time. but it's, it's time. time it's time it's, it's almost time. 2020 chris it's time let's leave it in the last decade you know? and, and, and like we said they could easily just have a functional reprint something that maybe doesn't have the uniclaws or maybe isn't a burst or something like that let's just make a you new valfour I mean? just make a cool new valfour does something new that's not yeah. the other shitty one we have and then get rid of this one and then yeah. you know and, here we go. and also too right um not to not to can you be the dead horse um you lose valfour you can immediately replace it with chilinko mm-hmm so you're losing a K, but then you've got Pinello, so you can still put mm-hmm. the 8K on something. You just have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. I mean, like, and if they honestly just made a Valfour that was like a four-drop EX burst and it did the same exact stuff, it's like, okay. Yeah, that's Sure. Fine. Like, yeah, yeah whatever. Cool invest- art. You, you full have to art. think about your CP that turn. Yeah, like, all right, cool. You know, or something like that. It's like, if you really want an effect like this to exist, it's fine. We need mm-hmm. to tweak it some way. And eroding does not make sense. It's bad. It's bad, bad, bad. Somebody leaves the game, comes back, has Valfours in their deck. Someone's like, you know that costs two more now? You know that doesn't do that thing now. Like no, no, no. Like, well, Let's just get rid about? of it and make a new card. Make the, come on, exactly. easy peasy. Now, with that being said, John, the next half of this is: Do you think? Uh, do you think it may maybe it's safe to unban something that's been banned? Now, granted, that list is still very, very small. Hmm. It's just Gesper, Thaumaturge, Dottaluma, and Riku. Do you think it's any of that can uh, maybe see the light of day again, or do you think it's still those those cards are still just a little too much, or is it? Or do you think it's still just a, too much of an unknown right now? Um, the thing is, I mean, who's testing these cards, right? Who's uh, who's seeing if if Dataluma is still that big of a problem? Um, sure. Did we get cards that really are that crazy for the Dataluma stuff? Like, I mean, we got Larkisius and we got some ways to search monsters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but. Um, there's also a lot of removal <laughs> that we've gotten mm-hmm. over the, you know, we have now have a three CP monster that drops a guy's power by seven K, eight K, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go buy that Luma. You know, we've got spot mm-hmm. removal for this guy left and right. We've got um, guys to stop the recursion. Nine K bodies all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, the power level of everything has just risen a little bit. I, I don't know that that Luma would be um be so crazy. I think Wind Earth even has like other routes that it goes to do other things i i think that um it might check wind water it certainly used to yeah it, it, i mean it, ch- it gives waff a good hand in the chest there that's for sure um i think it would be interesting i would mm-hmm. um maybe chris maybe we mm-hmm. host some events with no ban list that'd be interesting just no ban list and you figure you just hope that you have somebody who plays who's trying turbo. You hope that mm-hmm. you have somebody who's trying Dataluma, and you hope that you have somebody who's trying to mill people. 
and they're using all the new cards, and you just see what you know what shakes out. Yeah, I think that'd be really neat. Um, and I, and I agree with you. I think no one really knows. Um, because I, I think it'd be really neat. Um, to see a card like Thaumaturge be abused with something like the new Gilgamesh, I think that'd be pretty annoying. <laughs> Every turn, getting a Thaumaturge back, forcing the discard. Or like Une is like a cool. It's like a slower way to abuse those cards more later. And like like yeah. the Une decks. I'm not saying that Uneing Thaumaturge is better than Uneing something like Sephiroth or whatever. But I'm saying like oh, it, that immediately like a Windwater Vice Kings type thing would come back. That's playing Une yep. and Thaumaturge and all those cards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that I think that'd be really neat to see. Um, not granted, I mean that's we don't know if that, something like that would be on the table recently, like anytime soon. But again, like we don't know what's coming down the stretch in Opus Eleven. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking more and more about hosting something like that. That might be I, I, uh, could be fun. We do an octagon, just octagon. like almost like we could we could just call it like uh, you know give it like a fun name like Legacy or whatever. Um, Unlimited some, or yeah, some kind of Unleashed. Fun Final Fantasy name. Oh, Final <laughs> Fantasy TCG Unleashed. Unleashed or or give it some fun like something clever like. Final, some clever Final Fantasy name, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's just the uh, the freedom format. <laughs> exactly, something, something. It just tests really well. The freedom format. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our focus group said this was a really good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they were we, we had we know uh, we weren't playing Toby Keith in the background. What do you think? Not put a boot in your I love this card. <laughs> it's my kind of pace. <laughs> Beautiful. Just paying for this forward puts a big smile on my face. <laughs> Man. Oh, Man. goodness. I love this card. I love this card. <laughs> I, I, I like that could be an episode name there, John. <laughs> I love this card. Wait, All right. Man, man, I love this card. <laughs> <laughs> but uh or john you know we're, we're laughing and giggling now do you think we should all just like cool the fuck out and just enjoy opus 10 just you know like just try new things not just be so wrapped up and trying especially with you know I, I get it if there's competitive events that you're practicing for that means something for the competitive season you're trying to get to singapore you're just trying to do this trying to do that or do we just like you know let's 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 you know not take the wafts and the wind waters and that shit to locals let's 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 fucking un- no, sleeve up Sky Pirates. Let's sleeve Chris. up fucking Water, Earth, whatever. All right, Chris, here we go. Mm-hmm. Talk to me, Gibbs. Here we go. Here's what's happened. We are here, here in Opus 10. Opus 10 is like, you know, it's like it's like the frontier, right? There's so much to unpack. It's like the state of California. It's the frontier. We mm-hmm. got out here, and somebody hit a rock, and they were like, wow, dude, there's a piece of gold in this rock. His name is World of Final Fantasy. And everybody was like, oh, hell yeah. That, we're going to, you know, just take that and uh, that's enough for to go around. That's good. Uh, let's just stop digging. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens. People are like, holy crap. What else? Oh, my goodness. Get out your pitchforks. Let's go move out. Let's take our entire family and go west. And we're going to dig up the entire goddamn Rocky Mountains because... Mm-hmm. Look at that nugget of gold and how shiny and great it is. And it's it's everything that we've ever dreamed. And we didn't know it was there buried underground. And man, how many more of those? Maybe some bigger ones. Maybe some smaller ones. Maybe some better ones. Maybe some shittier ones. But damn, Chris, there is gold and them there hills. And this is the call. This is my call. I Opus 10, what are we going to do? If you don't have events in your area, God damn it, there's no reason to not get your pitchfork and go out west and start digging for gold. Look, right. just just brew. Just brew, ha-ha. Just make decks. Just get out there. Just try shit out. Get Fucking. to get with your local guys and try shit out. If somebody's doing some crazy shit at locals, be like, I love this crazy shit you are doing, and encourage them and and help talk to them about it and just hype it up. Let's go. We got some crazy shit people play in the in the Octagon tournament. We got twice a week you can play for free and you can play whatever the hell you want and try it out. We got like there's locals popping off all over the place. Man, you know what? If you've got no big tournaments to play in to win prizes, great. This is your time to discover what you're going to play next tournament. Like mm-hmm. we have so much time. There's gold in them there hills. Just get right. digging. Con Cornelius. Get digging. That's right. Come on. You guys are all just, you're all just so 
so happy with the first thing we found. Dude, and the best part is, John, if you lose, if it doesn't work, what have you lost? An ARC promo. Who gives a shit? Who cares? The promo for December is ARC. It literally doesn't matter. (laughs) Go lose your locals. Who gives a shit? This is the first, like, basically... Uh, okay, so as I say that, Chris, there's one thing we didn't talk about in the news. There was a Masters tournament, which I guess there's no offseason in Japan. But there was a Masters tournament, and the guy won with Mono Earth, and he's playing Ark. So, of course, you know, let me just eat all the words I've been saying for the last week. But still, as I was about to say, unplayable card. Um, but this card doesn't see a lot of play and is probably the least playable Wait. card and the and least exciting card. Ark, the summon Ark, the dark summon, <laughs> the 10-cost dark summon Ark. Is the uh, is the promo for December? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and I promise you, most people have boxes full of fucking arcs. <laughs> I've got boxes full of Pepe. That, yeah, boxes full of Pepe Sylvia. This is the weakest promo we've gotten since we switched to full arts. Yeah, no, by a mile. So who gives a shit about December? Yeah. Dig, dig for gold, and please yeah. share what you find. Yeah. We're going to be putting may, out a lot of videos. Something? between yeah. now and and opus 11 guys and and we we've all like kind of picked decks to do them with um and we have some ideas for like like brew fests and stuff we want to do together with you guys mm-hmm. like it's time for all of us this is my call to the community guys this is time to get creative let's go let's come up yeah. with some cool shit because if you're tired of wind water and i'm tired of wind water there's a lot of other options it's mm-hmm. time to dig Try grab your pickaxe and your 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 shoes, your ropes, your right, your dude. canary, and just get into that mine, sir. <laughs> your canary, toss it in there. Just toss it in there, and let's see what shakes up. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that one hundred percent, John. I, I think it's you know let's just enjoy Opus Ten. Let's unpack it. Let's get ready, and you know, and once we start hearing some competitive season announcements. Once we start hearing what's up, maybe once we start seeing some Opus 11 spoilers, then it might be time to, you know, kind of focus all that in, reel that in, maybe take some of those what were wacky ideas, and maybe you see a card from Opus 11 that's just like, holy shit, if I had that right now, this may be insanely good. Or, oh, you know, maybe this isn't working. Maybe I should just do this. Oh, well, this card's now banned. I'm not, I'm not even going to bother with this. Mm-hmm. You know, or like maybe or maybe if you just really love playing Wind Water and you legitimately think Balfour's going to be gone, try looking for that replacement with what you have now. Try playing, try, you know, go to your fucking locals, play Wind Water without Balfour. See where it gets you, you know, or whatever. You know, like right now, right now, the world is your clam. The world is your clam. Yeah, and just, just get fucking, out there. Just get out there. Just That's the do call. it. Get a, hashtag get out there. Hashtag get out Wake there. Up, you know get what? up, get out there. Because you know what, John? It could be you. It could yeah, be you. You, you uh, Put down the beer, put down the popcorn. It could be you representing Team North America in Singapore in 2020. In Singapore. They pay for your trip, guys. It's a trip. They pay for your yeah. trip. It's not the homeless section of LA this year. It's Singapore. Yeah. It's Singapore. And it could be you. You. Y O U, you, not not me. No, not me. Not not me. But it could be you. It could be you. That's the thing. It could be me. <laughs> but not me. But also me. you. Yes. So, like with, with that being said, John, I, I mean, I, I think that about wraps it up. I, I think just the game's healthy. I think with nothing really going on, like you know, keep the keep the drive going during the off season. Experiment, play new things. Don't be afraid to go to your locals with some jank. And go one and three, one and four. Be, you know, play something new and ur- urge your, you know, urge your 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 locals to come out and try something different. Like I'm telling you, dude, around here, everybody comes out with typically two to three decks, and we're always jamming in between rounds, and we're always trying new things. And you know, we're getting ready. If we're getting ready for an event, we're trying this, we're trying this. We're like, ah, this didn't. You know, we're always playing new things. And mm-hmm. I think, I think if everybody were to try that, like when there's nothing really going, I mean. Again, like you said, you're playing for a full art promo that you're never going to fucking use. You're never going... You, I'm looking right at you when I say that. You're never using that You're art. never using that. Like, look, you can buy one for $5 on the marketplace in January, okay? Like, yep. don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, just play... I'll give you one. Though. Like, don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, just enjoy, enjoy the game right now. Get ready for the competitive season. And, I mean, that's all I've got this week, John. That's about it for me, Chris. I think that, you know what, that was a nice, healthy just chunk of of 
chatting and i i just got a uh i just got a <laughs> shout out from lord byron for mentioning cubics robots for everyone on the last cast which was a deep deep cut that i was hoping i would get to hear back from somebody on so i'm glad yes. that i I'm glad that i got that robots for everyone <laughs> and if anybody gets it it's lord byron oh my goodness okay great <laughs> but yeah Beautiful. chris that, that's it for us uh guys until next time Indeed. Take There's care. gold in them there hills. There's gold in them there hills. Start digging. Hashtag start digging. Hashtag gold in them there hills. Hashtag brewfest. Hashtag brewhaha. <laughs> brewhaha. Hashtag brewhaha. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes. Bye.